Let's make some adjustments. It's the halftime adjustment. All right, we're back. We're, this is just such a, it's a great day for sports. It's a great week for sports. How can you not like this week for sports? We got, first of all, NBA trade deadline. We got the king, Goat James. That's why I call him the Goat. It's the greatest of all time now. I'm going to get into that in a little bit. And then we got Kyrie Irving getting traded this past Sunday. Then we know what's this coming Sunday. It's Super Bowl, babe. We're going to get into a lot of things. A lot of things. But to start off, let's talk. Let's talk. Let's talk about the chosen one who turned into the king. Who turned into the kid from Akron. LeBron James. This, this guy, LeBron. 19-time All-Star, four-time NBA champ, 2003-2004 All-Rookie, and he was also Rookie of the Year, and then he was four-time MVP, six-time All-Defense, NBA 75th Anniversary Team, four-time Finals MVP, 18-time All-NBA and on top of all of that, he is now the greatest scorer of all time. He has 3,000, sorry, 38,390 points, surpassing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in all-time points. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness gracious. How can you not call him a GOAT? Let me, let me list off some things real quick. Let's go regular season, right? 32nd in rebounds, 4th in assist in regular season. Okay, okay. Ninth in steals. All right. 91st in blocks. Now, to me, regular season, you, you just got to do enough to get into the playoffs. But the playoffs are what matters most. We all know this. You do what you can in the regular season when you have 82 games. And same thing with baseball. You do what you can in the regular season to make it to the playoffs. So that's all that matters. But in the playoffs is when stats matter the most. It's when winning matters the most. And this is when the king, LeBron James, steps up. And you know what he does in the playoffs? Gets on his backpack of a 14-man roster, 15-man roster, full of all of his players on his back, and his coaches, and his fans, and he starts struck, walking. He starts running, and he's running, and you know what he does for the playoffs? Him in points. He's number one all-time points, sixth in all-time rebounds, second in all-time assist, first in all-time steals, and tenth in all-time blocks. He is top ten, top five. He's top five in three of the categories, top ten in two of the categories. Let me back that up a little bit. He is top two in three of the categories. And for two of them, he ain't two. He ain't two. That's why he's a goat. You can't, you can't argue this. On top of that, 20 years, and this guy in his year 20 is posting 38 points a game, eight rebounds, and seven assists. And year 20. You're 20, 
And you can't just say, oh, it's because he's playing a long time. That's why he's getting all this stuff. All right, explain Vince Carter then. Why couldn't he do this? Because he's not LeBron. LeBron puts a million, over a million dollars every year into his body. And we are seeing what this is doing. It's helping him. He studies every night. He works every night. He works every day. He works, he studies every day. He just does all this stuff. What he does on court is phenomenal. He has been cheated of Defensive Player of the Year. He has been cheated of MVPs. Steve Nash MVPs. I say he deserved one. But two? Give it to either Kobe or King James. That's that's what that should have been. Tim Duncan stole one of his Defensive Player of the Years. I strongly believe that. Tim Duncan is still a really good defender. I think, honestly, out of every player in NBA history, he is the most underrated player. But we're not talking about Tim Duncan right now. We're talking about the King. Played with three teams. Now I get it. He was in Cleveland. And then he went to Miami with Wade and Bosch. Most people say he just went over there, made a super team, blah, 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 blah. But we, we can't forget the Boston Celtics. Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, Kevin Garnett, Rajon Rondo. We just going to ignore that super team? And we're going to put this all on Braun? Do you blame this guy for leaving Cleveland, this franchise that would not build around him? They got an old Shaq for him. That couldn't work. He's Shaq's old at this point. They got Big Z, Elgaskis. Come on. That's not that's a good role player. That ain't no help. So I don't blame him for going to Miami. He's with Wade, who is arguably a top three shooting guard of all time. Top five. And then he's with Bosch, who was a great role player, came off from the Raptors with good seasons there, and then went to Cleveland. Yeah, he dealt with injuries, but at the end of the day, Bosch was that guy. If you needed to knock down a shot, get a rebound, play defense, he was him. But we can't forget how LeBron, Ramon, James just absolutely carry that team at most of the times. We've saw, we've seen him play against the Celtics. He carried them. He entered this mindset, this killer mentality. And you just saw the look in his eyes or his body posture. And it was four minutes into the game, down by 15. And you just see this guy bent over, looking dead at the Celtics bench and the Celtics on the court. And you're like, huh, now I'm 15. This game's over. Braun's about to be up by 20. Hmm. I'm sorry. He's the GOAT. If you want to say MJ, go ahead. Read me his stats of what he did compared to this. Did he play as long as LeBron? No. Hmm. But that was because went off for two years, played baseball. I get it. I mean, I don't get it. But I understand that his father passed away and took some time off. And then after that, went back to the league and then was another three-time champion. I'm not down in that. Before, I had MJ as my number one. But MJ's going to have to take a back seat because Braun's here. And he a leading scorer. 
I have to. I have to. He's the goat. The goat. All right. Let's move into another topic for the NBA. Kyrie Irving is a Dallas Maverick. Mark Cuban has now become one of the happiest owners because he's got the best ISO group in the NBA, ISO team. Kyrie in the top 10 of ISO players this year. Luka in the top 10 for ISO players this year. Now let me let me let me read something off to you for Kyrie Irving, right? So Kyrie, you know, this season on and off the court having issues with the Celtic or not the Celtics, sorry, the Nets. But he's still doing his thing. 22 points a game? Yeah, that's nice. He's doing his thing. You can't argue that. You can't. Oh, I'm sorry, not 20. That's my bad. He's 27 points a game. <laughs> who, who am I kidding? 27, 5 and 5. That's good. That's really good. He's a superstar of the league, for crying out loud. Offensively, you want to see him. He gets you tickets. He gets you jersey sales. Any memorabilia, he gets you sales. Now you have him here, and he's going to provide so well for this team. A lot of people are saying, how will Kyrie Irving, with his mentality, right, fit in with Luka? But my thing is, Luka has no ego to him. He has none. And we could see he's a good passer. He could rebound. We've seen that. Now, look at Luca's average real quick, right? This guy, Luca, he's uh, single-handedly carrying the Dallas Mavericks team. Luka Doncic, right? Throw three points a game, nine rebounds, eight assists. That's almost a triple-double. That's insane. 6'7", 23 years old, point guard. Now he's with Kyrie Irving. He ain't going to mind passing to, to Kyrie. I wouldn't. I'd say, okay, listen, I've carried this team for the past three years, three, four years. Please help me. Help me. If you got that reference, it's a Kevin Hart reference. I can't finish some of that sentence, but it's a funny reference. Anyway, back to this. The trade details. Let's uh, look at the trade details for this. The Mavs receive Markeith Morris. Game changing right there. I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, and Kyrie Irving. The Nets, they got Spencer Dinwiddie, Doran Finney-Smith, who's very underrated. He's helped out Luka so much, especially in the playoffs, for rebounding defensively and shooting. He was one of the better shooters of the team. And then... They got picks 20, 2027, 2029 seconds, and a 2029 first round pick. They got what they need to get done. Him with Luka will be unstoppable. If they're both on the court, yeah, you could figure out something to double team one, but you can't double team both. You can't. You can't. You can't even provide a little bit of help for both. You gotta make sure if they're ISO'd, you gotta guard Kyrie because Luca could easily 
dish a pass to Kyrie so that way he can make a quick move, drive to the basket. And don't think Kyrie can't pass. He's one of the most underrated passers in the league. He's just very ball dominant, which we've seen, that he don't need to really pass when he can make a shot himself. Same thing with Harden. Everybody thought, oh, this guy doesn't pass. He's a ball hog when he was in Houston. People don't understand now that he's with the 76ers, he could pass. And I guarantee you we'll see a lot of that while he's in Dallas. This is just, it's going to be fun to watch. And I can't believe, still, people are saying this won't work. This will absolutely work. The Mavs are going to be a team to watch out for. Both teams are the fifth best in each conference. Nets, Mavs. Now we're going to see something with a Nets going down and a Mavs going up. This is a new team to fear in the West. But who you should be fearing is my man Nikola Jokic in the Denver Nuggets. <laughs> Mr. Two-time MVP, maybe three-time averaging a triple-double. You saw that win against the T-Wolves last night. Now I get it, T-Wolves are a very bad team. But we just uh, wanted to make a statement last night with another Jokic triple-double at halftime, by the way. And we almost scored 50 points in the first quarter. We're that team. That's right. We are them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just want to make that clear. All right. Man, feel like I got through that stuff kind of quick. Talked about King James and talked about Kyrie and Luca. Went by a little quick. But let's get into what we all want to hear. Last football game. I just have to kind of wipe my eyes a little bit. Last football game for a few months, several months. It feels going to feel like several months. Hang on, let me just uh, wipe these tears real quick. Anyway, all right, let's uh, lock back in. Lock back in, all right. All right. Super Bowl, baby. It's going to be amazing. We're going to have Chris Stapleton singing the national anthem. And then we're going to have Rihanna performing at halftime. But the best part about all of this is we are going to have the two MVP candidates go at it. And then we're going to have the best, one of the best defenses in the league go up against the best offense in the league. <laughs> this is the Super Bowl, baby. That's what I'm talking about. Now, obviously, I have seen so many things that the team that wears the darker jersey, that isn't the white jersey, the darker jersey, wins the Super Bowl over the past, what what was it? It's like 7-10? So, you know, all of them have usually won. So, that might mean Eagles. But I've also seen the team that wins the coin toss loses. Seen all these little things. Oh, I figure what they're calling like stereotypes, kind of. Like I forget what it's called. I think it starts with an S. I'm not going to think about it. it. Hurts my head. But I've seen all these things. Huh. These boys still gotta play though. So let's see what happens when they play. And I'm gonna give my Super Bowl prediction at the end of this. So. But you could probably guess of who I'm going to go with. 
I don't like either team. Uh, Philly, we know how their fans are. Um, we being all the 31 other NFL teams, fan bases. And um, we know how many times the Chiefs have made the Super Bowl and how many times NFL fans, the 31 NFL franchises, like it. So we don't like both, okay? There's only two states. One wants the Chiefs to win. The other wants the Eagles to win. The rest of the country, we're just like Christian McCaffrey. We hope they both lose. Well, that ain't going to happen. Because as an unbiased fan, kind of biased fan, let me just correct myself, kind of biased fan, but right here where I stand and talk, I'm an unbiased fan, and I want to see this show go down. We are looking at this offense who in the regular season had the most offensive yards averaging by a landslide. 413 yards a game? That's crazy. Behind them was Buffalo at 397. But 413? Insane. And then on top of that, they're passing yards a game. I don't care. I'm rounding up 300 passing yards a game. It says 297.8. But 300 passing yards a game. With the, I would say it, MVP Patrick Mahomes. He's MVP. But... Let's look at this Eagles defense. We can't we can't deny this defense that the Eagles have. Defensive yards allowed or offensive yards allowed. They allow 300 yards a game. That's a hundred less than what the Chiefs were getting. They were getting 413 on offense. Eagles were allowing 300. So think think that through real quick. Crazy. Crazy. This will this will literally be literally be so fun. And then the sacks. They had 70. Yes. 70. 70 sacks this regular season. That is 15 more than another NFL team. And you, can you guess who's second? If you said Chiefs, you are absolutely right. These are the top two sack leaders for teams. They were the sack leaders with 70 and 55. Eagles still have the better defense. But don't underestimate, underestimate Steve Spagnola. He's a defensive genius. Don't underestimate Andy Reid. He's an offensive genius. Turnovers, Eagles had eight for defense. But uh, I'm going back to the Chiefs real quick. Don't underestimate Steve Spagnola, even though that defense for the Chiefs is horrible. But that's because they don't have corners are pretty much rookies and they're either injured or whatever. Safety, they really have Justin Reed, I Sorensen, or uh, shoot, it's not Sorensen. I uh, oh my gosh, I, I'm I'm blanking. I'm blanking. All right, well, the other the other safety. Uh, Thornhill, Juan Thornhill, I think. I'm double-guessing myself, but I'm going to say Thornhill. Thornhill is not a good safety. Justin Reed, he's a good safety. Corners, I like Legereus Need. He's nice. And then you have their defensive line, who we've seen 55 sacks this regular season. And we've seen this postseason. They've done very well, too. 
You got Frank Clark, a very underrated pass rusher. Chris Jones, one of the better defensive tackles in the league. Or inside defensive linemen. They're nice. And then I love their linebackers. Nick Bolton and Willie Gay, very good pass coverage linebackers. And they can really set the tone when they do an outside run. They get there so fast. Especially Nick Bolton. Nick Bolton's nice. But how could we forget about this offense? Patrick Mahomes. I feel like I feel like Chris Collinsworth and Tony Romo right now, how much I'm talking about Patrick Mahomes. But either way, it's Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes. Travis Kelsey. I like uh, Isaiah Pinkero, Pinchero. I like him. They're a rookie. He's nice. Kadarius Toney, also a really good receiver. I know who else they have on that team. McCole Hartman, Juju. But who makes those receivers good? It's the guy throwing. It's the guy throwing. Real quick, though. Let's, let's, let's compare both teams, right? Quarterback. Who has the better quarterback? Think about it. Chiefs. Chiefs have the better quarterback. Running back. And I'm talking depth-wise. Who has the better running back depth? Eagles. I'd absolutely say Eagles. Because Miles Sanders got over 1,000 yards this season. And their run blocking and run game is fantastic. Wide receivers. I don't think this is a... It's a no-brainer. I'm just going to go out and say it. Eagles. Eagles have better receiver core. I mean, you got A.J. Brown. Oh, wow. I That was so... I don't know why I was thinking for that hard. A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. To me, those are two number one receivers. They're both very, very, very talented. Another no-brainer. Tight end. Eagle. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's it's the Chiefs. Come on. Travis Kelsey is the best tight end in the game. We know this. Not of all time, but in the game. Right now, he's the best tight end. O-line. Another no-brainer. Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, they had the best O-line all year, and I think in the past five, six years, that's the greatest O-line I've seen in the past five, six years. I mean, there's not no line that's better than that. I mean, their pass protection, I, I saw a game in the playoffs, was it, I think it was against the Giants. Ooh, the Giants, I mean, the Giants made it far, but I, I still like their defense. Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams, Kayvon Thibodeau. But anyway, with that game, they're at the goal line. Jalen Hurts snaps it, takes it. They rush four. Jalen Hurts, no joke, had seven, I think 7.6 seconds to throw. That's a long time. That's time for me. I can make a quick peanut butter or jelly sandwich, figure out how to do taxes, you know, get a haircut, do some homework that I procrastinated on earlier in that day. And then by the time I come back, I'm like, oh, well, oh, there it goes. Throws. Oh, touchdown. That's 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 pretty much how it was. <laughs> that's how it felt anyway. He had so much time. And their run game. When I watch them run the ball, I've never seen like the the gap that they make for those running backs is bigger than the Grand Canyon. I it's that wide open. 
we've seen what they did against the Niners. They had a run with Miles Sanders. It was the first touchdown of the game. Handoff, went left. That hole was wide open. I feel like you could have had a bunch of people that, like in New York that walk every day just walk through there very fluently. And there wouldn't be any human traffic. You know what I mean? Like, none of that. <laughs> so, Eagles got the run game. They got the offensive line after I just gave that whole spiel about their O-line, how phenomenal it is. Defense. Let's go defensive line. Eagles. If you say Chiefs, you're crazy. You're talking about two people, and I'm talking about the whole Eagles roster. Hassan Reddick, Nadama Kungsu, Javon Hargrave. I think he's playing this game. And then you have Limdahl Joseph, who was really good. Too bad Jordan Davis could not be in this game. He's injured. But he would have been really good. Really good for this game. And then they have Josh Sweat. Great O-line. Linebackers, I'm sorry. A lot of people say, because you're white. And the Eagles linebackers compared to the uh, Chiefs linebackers. And they, a lot of people say, eh, it's even. No, it's not. It's 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 the Chiefs. Nick Bolton has had a breakout year, and Willie Gay has had a, like another good step up year. It's Chiefs, corners, obviously Eagles. James Bradbury and Darius Slay, easy. Actually, I just say secondary. Secondary is Eagles because I'm counting safeties too. Fun fact: the Philadelphia Eagles have faced the most man coverage this year. Interesting, right? Which is real. I don't understand why. I really don't. When you have three guys that you have to cover with A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and Dallas Goddard. And then on top of that, you have a quarterback with a phenomenal offensive line where that quarterback... Jalen Hurts can scramble. Why play man coverage? I think St Steve Smack Spagnola will actually step up this game. And he'll provide a very good defense to hold the Eagles under 30. I strongly believe that. But going back, I'm going to make my prediction early. A little early. Chiefs are going to win. That is my prediction. They will break this little curse or record or whatever of dark jerseys winning and Chiefs win. So let me tell you, they got the MVP, and you can't deny this. They got this guy, Patrick Mahomes, you know. <laughs> 41 touchdowns this year, 12 picks, one-time Super Bowl champion. Two-time All-Pro, five-time Pro Bowler. Ah, it's Patrick Mahomes. And let me tell you something, too. Even when he's down, when you hear a little fun fact about Patrick Mahomes, he has 14 game-winning drives, 13 comebacks. So if he is down, make sure that is a 14 on the comebacks because he'll do it. And I think final score 
be summed around 2730. Mm, yeah, 27.30. That'll be my Super Bowl prediction. And uh, Gatorade will be lime green. Lime green. Why? No, wait. It'll be yellow. Sorry, yellow. <laughs> I don't know why it was lime green. Sorry, I have a bet going on against my dad, my uncle. I got yellow. Why yellow? Because my favorite Gatorade is yellow and Chiefs will win. Should it be red Gatorade? Yeah, but it's going to be yellow because there's a little part of that Chiefs that has yellow. So yellow. That's what it'll be. And on top of that, Chiefs will win. I hope both teams lose, but that won't ever happen. That's going to wrap it up. Talk about Braun, the GOAT. Talk about Kyrie Irving and the Dallas Mavericks. And talking about the Super Bowl versus the Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles. So I'll catch y'all next time. Peace.